what took quite a while for me to move beyond and let go was not really about forgiving them. It was about forgiving myself for not knowing what I didn't know, for knowing what I did know and what I ignored and all the stuff in between. Midlife Ladies. This is the Dear Midlife Podcast. Unapologetic girl talk that will help you remember who you are and figure out who in the hell you want to become. I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, single mom, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired woman full of sass, sparkle, and a heavy dose of black girl magic. So grab a glass and let's dive into the messy middle. Now, I know you're saying, bitch, who you calling crony? And girl, I am talking to you because the word crone is the honorific way to refer to women standing in our power in midlife. And thank goodness for our guest, Pia Antico, who is a crone life joy reboot mentor. Say that one five times fast. She's not only here to give us a little history lesson, but also she intuitively guides single empty nest women over 40 to ditch their regrets and live unapologetically. And girl, she is talking to me and she's talking to you. She sounds like my kind of woman and our girl Pia is amazing. She helps women to age, as she likes to say, disgracefully and quit being unwilling bystanders in their own lives. Embracing a quote-unquote crone life is all about revolutionizing our experience of midlife, menopause, and beyond by dismantling that internalized misogyny and ageism that prevents us from living unapologetically authentic, carefree lives of joy and passion. Girl, you might have recognized this misogyny or ageism if you've ever watched a Disney movie and seen an older woman portrayed as a witch or evil. It's just ingrained in our culture and who we are, and we don't want to let it stop us from living. And, you know, talk about living. Our girl Pia suffered three near deaths before the age of 30. She's navigated two abusive marriages and suffered a major head injury, but chooses to help herself and others get past their darkest moments by tapping into their innate well-being so that they can then shine the light of their radiant, joyful wisdom and step into their dreamed-of future, no matter what their current circumstances. And if our content is really resonating with you, please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice and share an episode, any episode with a friend. We genuinely want to expand our reach and share the wisdom of our guests with as many women just like you that we can. And we can't do it without your help and support. And now, let's welcome to the show, the queen of crone, Pia Antico. Today, we welcome to our podcast, Pia Antico. Thank you so much for being here, Pia. Thank you very much for having me here, Shelby and Trinity. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to get to have a chat with you. Yes. We are excited to have a chat with you because you have a truly amazing <laughs> story. But before we dive into that, 
I, I have to say your title. You are a crone life joy reboot right. mentor. I love that title, but I want our listener to know and understand the definition of crone life because I had to be honest. I had to look that one up myself. I had to look it up too. So tell us more about that. your definition of crone life. Well, where crone is, crone is a pagan, divine feminine, free Christian term. It's an honorific for the elder woman of the pre-Christian tribe. Uh, So we are talking sort of Um, Mm Anglo-European. There would be, obviously, across other uh, non-European cultures, there absolutely would be equivalent terms for crone, but my background is Italian-Irish, so you've got to start somewhere. And crone is the crowning stage of womanhood. This is pre, pre the modern patriarchal kind of situation we're in now where the midlife and aging women are portrayed by Disney and beyond as warty old scary witches that eat (laughs) little children and and uh, poison young maidens out of uh, jealousy and so crone and another honorific similar to crone is hag h-a-g and so the hag we say she's she's a warty old hag right right hag was the honorific which meant holy one. No and way. Crone, wow. Crowning, crowning stage of womanhood. The crowning stage of womanhood is not her virginal youth. It's not even her mid-stage sort of mothering, caretaking of the world and all the rest of it stage. It's the wise woman stage. I love that. It's, I, I love I that feel too. like we need to cue the song, I am woman, hear me roar right yes. now. Yes. <laughs> This is absolutely it. This is when she roars. Uh, But unfortunately, from the 11th century onwards, it was the power structures of the male-dominated Christian church that sought to diminish and uh, completely rewrite the Mm. power and uh, respect and reverence of the elder women of the tribes because the elder women were the uh, shamans they were the lawmakers, mm. the storytellers. They mm. were revered by men, women and children alike. And naturally, when the early days of uh, the Christian church came into effect throughout Europe and then spreading throughout the world, one of its many damages was mm-hmm. to rewrite the religious and cultural storytelling of pre-Christian tribes to take power out of them and uh place it with themselves and so yeah that's one of the ways they did that and then unfortunately Mm. yeah we've got fairy tales that uh then continued with that storyline yeah we're we're Mm -hmm. we've got the warty old woman who's yeah uh, jealous and uh eating eating children and poisoning young maidens right and modern consumer capitalist society has been a continuation of that story where either women who are mid midlife and older are either told to be invisible Mm. are derided are ridiculed and not listened to it's a continuation of what women equally experience throughout life in this misogynistic society where our views are ignored or derided 
but it then goes even further. So Crohn, C-R-O-N-E, not to be mistaken for Crohn's disease, which right. is not the same thing. <laughs> They're not the same thing at all, uh, nor any connected to, though some men may say that older women could be the cause of belly aches. But um, Right, that we're a bit inflammatory, if you will. <laughs> yeah, 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 which I go good that's the yeah, right idea. baby we are so the crone energy is mm-hmm. it's the divine spark mm-hmm. but it can be strongly connected to this time in our lives where the focus of our bodies has been written on being mm. about the outward creation and outward caring and so when all that starts rolling down gives us an opportunity to actually take that out of focus and focus it back into listening to our inner voice and our inner wisdom something that most of us spend a large part of our lives not doing right so chrome chrome revolution is all about that then Mm -hmm. it's about deciding to finally prioritize our inner wisdom that's always been there and always will be but we've probably just not spent much time looking for it Seems to, to come at this age and stage of life, doesn't it? That all of a sudden we go, hey, oh, oh shit, let me prioritize myself and let me figure out my voice and A, learn yeah, to listen yeah. to it and then B, learn to yeah. use it and not be afraid of using it, not apologize for using it anymore yeah. and step yeah. into this space with our divine feminine. I bought some um, earrings yeah. at the night market over the weekend. Yeah. And there are these beautiful moonstone Ooh. teardrop earrings beautiful. and moonstone is about channeling your divine feminine. So honey yeah. girl, when I put those on, I'm like, everybody step back. Do not be around me. My divine feminine <laughs> is fully in effect right now. You want none of this. Oh, absolutely. No. And the beautiful realization is though we can absolutely have these external energetic tools Mm -hmm. they're not necessary the energy isn't coming from them Mm. we are already imbued with the same energy of the universe and that is actually one of the keys to finding that joy so the joy reboot is about understanding that we may well have spent our first decades focused on everybody else's wants and needs Mm -hmm. now is the time to yeah reboot to restart this second, third chapter and allowing that to be based on the joy, the joy that's already ours. We are energy beings. We are made of the stars. We're made of the same energy of the universe, divine, but we're all already equipped with everything we need as far as our well-being is concerned. And it's just that we often get caught in our head with the intellectualizing and abstract theorizing and a lot of fear-mongering talk in our head, which Mm. takes us away from sitting with our inner well-being, our our inner resilience, our inner joy that's always there for us to tap into if we slow down, stop for a moment and allow Mm. ourselves to. And so things like crystals and mantras and other, other meditational tools and things, they're handy because they help us stop for a moment. Mm-hmm. They help us to still and focus in on that thing that we, we're, we're holding on to or using. Uh, but the power isn't in it as such. Mm. So 
if you threw away the meditations, if you threw away your crystals, if you threw away whatever, that's okay because they aren't actually where the power is. The power is already within you. Not I think of them as like amplifiers, right? That, that that's it. You can yeah, you can kind of channel and focus and amplify, and and some of them work differently is, or work better than others for you to amplify to and through. Focusing is exactly what you've just hit the nail on the head. I feel like when you whatever it is that you are choosing to use, because of whatever felt connection you feel to the tool or technique. It's it's the belief in the tool and technique that you have that yeah. is actually key here because yeah. it's not in the tool or technique but in your belief about it. It's your inner wisdom, your mm-hmm. intuitive voice that is guiding you. Yeah. Not the I like the idea of amplifier and maybe even just yeah. kind of even a reminder, right, of of yep. who we are and what we possess inside of us because, you know, and I would yep. love to get to your story, Pia, because I think yeah, – yeah, yeah. Through life, we as women endure so much. So it's, Mm -hmm. I think, not surprising that we go through life with these negative narratives that override the power within us. So tell us a little bit about your story. And then I'd like to start to unpack, you know, how do you then, knowing that you've been through so many tremendous experiences, help women at this age and stage in life really rise above, you know, the stories that they've lived, the negative narratives in their life and tap into the joy within themselves. So start by telling us a little bit about your journey to this place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely. And before I even do, you've hit the nail on the head. The whole point of Crone is, is reminding us of greater archetypes of story. And when we understand where when we even stop to ponder where the messaging is actually coming from, that we we walk around this world in our lives telling ourselves things and often blaming ourselves for the story that we have and often maybe thinking Mm -hmm. it's only unique to us and not having a bigger picture view of the stories of society and what they're telling us and how long they've been telling us for. So as I pointed out when we started, the elder wise woman crone being suddenly a term of derision, prior to that, their real meaning was something to be revered. So Mm -hmm. if we don't know this sort of stuff, we kind of just think, I don't know, we've made it up ourselves or something and it's, it's an us problem instead of realizing that, no, no, there are stories in society that we have internalized often unconsciously. And so I'm starting from the point of what got me doing what I'm doing now is yeah. because at 39, so I'm 39 going into, so I'm 51 this year, a uh, couple of weeks from now. Oh, happy 51. birthday. Happy so, birthday. Yes, I know. <laughs> and, and I'm hoping 2024, 52, It'll be spent in Italy. Ah, brilliant. I hope that for you. Yes. I'm just so excited. But yeah, back to 39. So I've been married in my early 20s and had my daughter who's 26 going 27. Her father was an absolutely vile and abusive man. He Mm. was older than me nearly 10 years older, not quite 10 years older, but he was older than me. And I connected and found him in my searching at that point at, at 21, 22. Mm. 
And he, interestingly enough, was uh, out in the world as a um, a, a so-called shaman hmm. and uh, of the Anglo-Celtic traditions. So I met him and believed what he was saying and what he was saying were things that I, I was resonating with. It turns out now when I look back, I go, I, I actually had more connection to that inner journey than, than he did. Mm. But there you go. Uh, it's that kind of wolf in sheep's clothing mm. thing that we've, many of us have gone yeah. through. And I've been there too, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so I'd gotten out of that marriage. Uh, at 28, I was run over at 100 kilometers an hour coming home from work and mm. um, sustained a massive head injury. Mm. Uh, and it completely required me to over the next 10 years. And so that that was a, a, another big uh, upheaval in my life at the age of 28, when you're thinking you're just getting into your career development and that journey into self. And so mm. by the time um, I was 38, 39, I had been divorced from him and finally having strides in my recovery from the head injury. It took it took that first 10 years to relearn how to learn. I had major uh, upheaval in, in my ability to learn uh, having uh, short-term memory issues and executive mm. function issues mm-hmm. and the whole kit and caboodles. And the first half of that recovery period, I was still being physically abused, financially abused, you know, all the abuses. So mm-hmm. it, it, I think that certainly uh, would have slowed that whole recovery, recovery. down yeah. significantly. And so at 38, 39, I am suddenly sort of lifting my head up finally a little bit, but then did not realize how much I had internalized the loud screaming messaging that women, as we get into our midlife, if we haven't achieved financial and career success, we're failures. If we're not in a, in a relationship, we're failures. If we're you know, all the stuff and that it's now just time to pack it up and go home. And I'm looking around at myself and the world and going, but I didn't get have my 20s. <laughs> so like, what right. the hell? I'm not ready for this. Right. Um, and for me, that took shape in completely changing my life circumstances. I've always been an explorer of self and spirituality and religious practices, faith practices. And through that change in journey, I found myself surrounding with a different crowd of people, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's where I met my second husband, younger. So we thought, okay, Mm. didn't realize that I'd made that connection. Okay, first one's older, second one's younger. So unfortunately, 38, 39, I step into a second marriage on the other side of the world with a man that turned out to be same, same, just different wrapping. Mm, Don't we do that though? Don't we continue to attract the same, same until we figure our own selves out? And the annoying thing is I had been like six, seven years between relationships and was not dating and was not, you know, so thinking that I had been doing the work. All the work, uh, yes. I've done the work. Thought I was doing the work, thought I had been doing it, but didn't realize just how strong that inner voice, the, the external voice that we internalize about 
our worth as women when we hit midlife and beyond and that if we haven't ticked off these standard monetary Boxes, uh, yeah. career and relationship mm -hmm. markers of success, then, um, yeah, that's a real problem. I think also for me probably because I felt like I had not actively had the 20s because of the head injury and the abuse of marriage and mm. being a mum, I don't know, somewhere I thought, well, okay, what if I do it all again? So, so you chose uh, the younger that, man because you wanted to go so back and visit your youth is what you're saying. Yeah, yes, yeah. I did. Yeah, that went that way. And and within the cultural and faith context of that relationship mm. and taking on the pressure being 40, 41, 42 mm. to pop out a child. Mm. I did I did conceive twice and I had two miscarriages between the age of 40 and 44, mm. which at the time was devastating. Um, yeah, now, absolutely relieved at age 51 and out of that situation and back in my home country and rebuilding to not be rebuilding with little kids. But at the time, obviously, quite uh, devastated by it. And now I look back at all that and I go... A large driver of the, the shame, the guilt, the fear, anxiety was all tied to an internalized belief mm -hmm. that I had a very small window of opportunity to get things right ah. according to our standards of what right means for, uh, well, in, in my case, cisgendered woman, but I have absolutely no doubt that the same messaging is felt by other individuals who are in, living in a society that uh, is, is very rigid on patriarchal, misogynistic, consumer mm -hmm. capitalist ideals. So that's kind of where all this then came, this investigation in, well, what does it actually mean to be for me, a woman who turned turning 40 and then 50 and then beyond. And why was I so damn scared about it? And, and where did all this come from? And that it wasn't something that I had completely and utterly plucked out of a vacuum and, you know, made up myself. I started to do my intersectional feminist research into what it is uh, uh, about women and ageing and midlife and menopause uh, historically and to the present day. So this is where I fit myself into this larger global conversation, hopefully. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think like so many women, it sounds like you've been on this journey. And, you know, like Trinity and I, we recognize that we've been carrying negative narratives with us. And I, I think about you know, you getting into a second relationship with someone that was quite like your first husband. And, you know, you think about these things and you look at what is the common denominator? Well, it's me. And if I'm seeking out the same person, maybe unintentionally, then that is a reflection of what is my my vision of my own self-worth and my own narrative internally. And so you came to this realization later in life, it sounds. And so help us understand now how you take this new clarity, this newfound understanding of yourself and, and your own and how you found your own joy and how do you help other women then find their joy? How do you help them let go of the negative narratives that they've carried with them throughout their lives to have this reboot, if you will, at this age and stage in life? 
Absolutely, Shelby. Well, I will say, uh, aside from all that personal stuff happening along the way, somehow I also managed to do multiple degrees in, in psychology and counselling. And in my last six, seven years, I have done my uh, coaching certification in a paradigm called the Three Principles Paradigm by Sydney Banks. And I would definitely suggest people start looking at a, a few of his books that are available. And I thought I sort of knew how to do the whole healing process. And the fact that we even use the term healing in the mainstream understanding of self and psyche and how our feelings work and how our thinking works and how we engage in the world. One of the things to realize is, well, at our core, we have this innate wisdom. We have an innate well-being in the same way that our physical body has its own healing. You know, you cut yourself, it heals. Under all the best circumstances, mm -hmm. our body is designed to heal a cut. Similarly, our psyche is designed to be resilient. It's mm -hmm. designed for us to be able to, when we are tapped into it, face the ups and downs of the physical world because we are energy beings in physical bodies. We, you know, when we talk like this, I want to make it really clear to people that if you stub your toe, bloody well hurts you mm -hmm. know uh you cut yourself you bleed there is a physical world absolutely and we are bumping around in it but what we have been taught and this is again very much tied to a patriarchal lens what we've been told is that our intellectual logic story in our head is the guidance system that we need to follow and that the answers are found in our head and mm -hmm. that any of these healing or solutions are found in manipulating, changing, uh, reframing, rewiring, re whatever, mm -hmm. the story in our head in order for us to be okay. There's another school of thought that's, well, once we change the outside world, all of us have been caught up saying things like, our, our partner's driving us crazy, our kids are driving us mad, the right. job is pissing me off, the holiday's making me really happy. Look, I won the lottery, I'm so happy. Yeah, look, you know, we're told that we tell ourselves and in all the tropes of, of our society from the books and the music and everything, the same message is that something beyond ourselves is the cause of our feelings. Mm -hmm. And that's simply not the case. Because really think about it for a moment. If the outside world was truly in control of our felt experience, how bloody frightening that really would be. But it's not actually the case. Yes, people do stuff. I've been in two abusive marriages. Believe me, you know, nearly died it several times in, in both of them. So I totally attest to the fact that there are people doing stuff that have a physical impact on you. However, the bit that I was always in control of, even though I didn't realize it, was my experience of them. And why that was really important to finally realize that after the fact even, was because what took so long to let go of the shitty decisions and the shitty life choices that I took part in, uh, not responsible for their crap behavior, but I'm responsible for the decisions I've made from my end. And 
what took quite a while for me to move beyond and let go was not really about forgiving them. It was about forgiving myself for not knowing what I didn't know, for knowing what I did know and what I ignored and all the stuff in between. Forgiving them is not about them, whatever them are in your life, those people that you've engaged with and, and have experienced harm as a result of your engagement with them in some way or another. Forgiving those people isn't about saying that what they did was okay and it's not about believing if they've told you that you were the cause of their behavior. What is causing our feelings and what's causing their behavior is the story they are telling themselves about the feelings. So they have a story, they have their thinking. In response to their thinking, they have feelings. And we uh, live in a, in, a, in a society that says those feelings and thoughts are from out there. So naturally that tells us we don't have control over them. And that's mm -hmm. actually pretty scary. So that adds an extra layer of anxiety and fear that we may not be necessarily consciously aware of. And like all living beings, we seek ease and we move away from suffering. That's just... And so the problem that a lot of us have had in our life is that we have gone in the wrong direction seeking ease, assuming ease is out there somewhere. Right. And then when we're not in a state of ease, we're directing our attention to trying to stop the thing that we're feeling anxious about. And we're believing that that's in the person out there, the event out there. Now, of course, if one is in any physical harm whatsoever, removing yourself is really, really important. What actually prevented me from removing myself sooner from either of those relationships was because I didn't realize who was responsible for what. I believed the gaslighting that they both said, you caused this, you made me feel this, and then spent my time trying to figure out my behavior to avoid triggering anything. Mm -hmm. Once I realized that that's actually not the case and that they are responsible for their own lived experience, it's like invisible chains just dropping. Mm -hmm. The other realization from my training and practice of the three principles paradigm that differs to say uh, what NLP, your linguistic programming or cognitive yeah. behavioral psychology, which is what a lot of us are aware of in the self-help space, where it differs to my training in that over decades, quite fundamentally, is we may be, people may sort of have a sense of, oh, yeah, okay, it's, it's not the outside world, it's my, the story about it, okay. And then logically one might then think, well, okay, the answer is in changing the story in my head. Hmm. And yeah, I spent decades using what a lot of us are told to do. Look at what you're thinking, change what you're thinking, mm -hmm. using this tool, using that theoretical framework, all the rest of it. Interestingly enough, we are in physical bodies with a brain and an intellect, and it has its purpose, but its purpose is not the ultimate guidance system. Our ultimate guidance system is that intuitive wisdom. Some will say, call it mindfulness, but from an intuitive wisdom point of view, the mind that we're talking about is the, the capital M, the, the energetic 
fabric that connects all living beings. But so I'd actually coined the term heartfulness because mm. I feel that the sense of where our, our innate inner voice is speaking to us from is around the heart center, right. but yeah. also the gut. So when we bring our attention into those centers and allow ourselves to settle in those and stop the chatter in our heads rather than analyzing analyzing it, changing it, reframing it, reinterpreting it, which just mm-hmm. keeps you in your head. And it's that head chatter that's the illusion. The true guidance is actually in that inner stillness. And, and, and interesting when we talk present moment, the present moment is not a space or a place it is that moment suspended between thinking about the past and worrying about the future when you can those two ways of focusing to subside it's in it's in that moment mm-hmm. that's the present moment and it's dynamic and it's it's light and radiant and dynamic and by its nature unconditional love and joyful and that is where our spirit is that's that's where our inner wisdom is arising from that's where that heck yeah comes from and the the problem that uh, I I realize when I look back at the things that I've gone through there were plenty of times where I had that heck yes or mm -mm. and the problem is we take Mm. the intellectualizing and theorizing uh, story in our head too often make excuses for deny that that formless non-wordy inclination towards or away from something Mm. yeah so we let the negative narratives drive our actions instead of really actually following our intuition and listening to our gut um you know i heard something the other day that when we are fetuses like our brain and our gut are actually formed from the Mm. same matter, from the same cells. And therefore there's an inexplicable connection between the, the actual mind and the gut. So I found that super interesting too, because we, we do recognize these connectivities, these connection points between our mind and body. But what you're saying is that you should really let go more of being in your head and really follow your Mm. intuition more. And so I'd love Uh, to know how you help women do that, right? How do you allow women to tap into that intuition? Because I think to your point over the years, we've been taught to um, listen to everybody else, what everybody else is saying about us. We've learned to internalize their messaging instead of really actually following our own intuition about who we are and what our needs are. So how do you help women at this age and stage really tap more into what is their gut, what's their intuition telling them and to follow that uninhibitedly? Absolutely. Well, in my in my own journey, both professionally and personally, uh, what has arisen in my uh, coaching practice is a is a, a, a framework that I, I call the Awaken the Joy Within framework. And the Awaken part is both uh, awakening as, as in the impact, mm-hmm. but also an acronym in itself. Awaken being uh, A for awareness, 
the W for wisdom, the other A for appreciation, K for kindness, the E for equanimity, and the mm. N for that now focus. And so what I have found along the way, what those uh, represent both uh, as an essence of being but also um, a, a strategy is mm. that when we first, um, the first is to realise uh, in, in awareness what, what that actual awareness is. As I said, a lot of us, we've been trained to believe the awareness is the intellectual, abstract, theoretical chatter in our head. Hence why I say that where other modalities have had us focused on the content of our thinking and the roots to why we're thinking what we're thinking and have you engaging in an examination of that in some way or another and using then tools to reframe it in some way. The Though um, it may uh, appear initially effective, it's not ultimately effective because what all that's doing is just adding more intellectualization on top of another, on top of another. The truth is that when we all have our own reality, we all see the world from our own unique lens. We mm -hmm. all experience it completely uniquely. You and I could be sipping from the same milkshake, watching the same movie but afterwards have a comparison of what we experienced. And because we are unique beings bringing a unique backstory into that particular interaction, then our experience of what looks to be the same thing is actually incredibly different. And because of that, we then have unconscious assumptions of in our interactions and we have unconscious assumptions that they're seeing it the way we're seeing it and all the rest of it and, and why aren't. And we get very caught up in the story and the explanation for things. But where we are connected as beings is, is not in the story, but in our innate nature, our, our wisdom being. Uh, even the even my exes have that inner spark. They may not be tapping into it, may <laughs> not be following it, but they have it. Not my job to try and help them fix find it. Not my circus, not my monkeys. But nonetheless, when we realise that we do all have an innate well being, and that some of us are, in, uh, are functioning from that space and others are not it does open the door for a little bit of compassion for those who aren't because the swinging between living intuitively and getting caught up in the story in our head that looks absolutely real, that's a natural dynamic like ebb and flow of the tide that is part of being in the human experience. Mm -hmm. You can't control what thought pops in your head and you can't control the feeling that arises as a result of that thought. And it will pass, like the tide comes in and out, the, the thought and the feeling, they pass. And when we have this realisation, this awareness of the, the actual mechanics of the human experience and of our psyche and the universe, what it's 
primarily done is allowed space. It's allowed space for myself and my clients to be more forgiving of themselves mm. primarily, but also a bit more patient with others, even if that patience looks like not engaging with them anymore. Because interestingly, when I left the abusive marriages, I was still tied to them for years later, not because of still being physically connected or engaging with the individuals, but I was engaged with the story about it all and my feelings about the story about it all. And once I realised that I'm sitting on my lounge in a place that they've never seen on a lovely spring Saturday afternoon, and I'm in turmoil, almost materialising that person on the other end of the lounge through my thinking in that moment. And it was simply thinking in that moment. Reliving the past in the present is simply thinking about the past in that moment. You can't rewrite the past. It happened. It's dead. It's behind you. Mm -hmm. So constantly re-examining it in the present moment is not the key to releasing it. Right. And I think too, it's, it's, once you're sitting yeah. in that space and you're reflecting on that moment and you're reflecting on that person, it's like you're giving your power over to them. It's, you know, exactly. so exactly. yeah, I think that that, and, you know, and, and I've been guilty of doing that for sure. Oh, yeah. We all are. We all are. And we always will be because part of this being energetic beings in a physical vehicle, mm -hmm. in a material world is that, yeah, we do have the, the, the bodily mechanics and the brain mechanics and the, the intellect, and we will always shift between an awareness from our innate intuitive wisdom space and the intellectualizing thinking space. And right. when we're in our heads and the world looks really, really real to us and we sort of like get caught up in the situation, you go, but it did happen that way. You were in the situation with me. Surely you saw it that way. And when you start picking it apart, you realize that it's akin to that the analogy of the, the blindfolded people and the elephant. And they're all, if you don't know it, what it is, is you've got a big elephant, you've got a bunch of people who have got blindfolds on, and mm -hmm. they're all placed at different spots of the elephant. And each of them are feeling, feeling up, uh, each of them are holding on to feeling at one end of the elephant right. or the other and describing what they're feeling, what, they're, what their experience is, what, what's happening. And despite the fact that it's the same elephant uh, in the same space and time, uh, each had something different to say and each was unaware of the fact that the other person was having a completely different experience right. of the same thing. And this is what happens you mm -hmm. know yeah so i i we all have so many different experiences and we all see things differently and so i think if i understand like one way to take your power back is to really understand that what you're feeling is authentic and true to you and yeah. to embrace it without judgment, Absolutely. without yeah. allowing other people's interpretation of your experience to color your own internal feeling it. and experience. And so I think, Absolutely. you know, I would love to know if you had to leave our audience with mm. one bit of Pia wisdom today in terms of 
once we embrace our own joy and embrace our own narrative and knowing that our truth and all of the stories that we've told ourselves are part of our truth, how can we then live more unapologetically? How can we lean into this life where we are in this age and stage, letting go of the past narratives, letting go of the misogyny? What's one quick tip that you can give our listener to embrace the now? Giving yourself the permission to sit with and allow yourself to actually listen in. It's not the story in your head. It Mm -hmm. it absolutely fundamentally is not. That's not your guidance system. Mm -hmm. And it can feel really unnerving at first. I'm totally going to uh, Mm -hmm. agree with you because it it, it is counter to everything in in many ways that our our society is structured. Uh, We're told to be rational and think our way through it. But When you realize that you have an inclination towards or away from something and you fundamentally allow yourself to trust that Mm. inner voice, what you realize is that you don't have to dress rehearse life anymore. Mm. I I have been a person who's lived in my head, both intellectually, academically, the whole thing. I've lived in my head very much so. Uh, fundamentally believed in Descartes, I think, therefore I am. Mm. And I understand now that it's not the thinking that makes mm-hmm. me who I am. It is my intuitive wisdom. Oh, actually, it's not even the thing. I just am. And the universe is, we just am. It's not mm-hmm. because of something or other or not that makes the am bit. And the confidence bit does not come from changing the internal story in your head about your definition of self Mm. and labels and all the stuff it actually comes from realizing that they're just stories and they evaporate like a shadow evaporates when you flip on the light or when you have this moment spark of awareness the shadows Mm. of our thinking they disappear And what you're left with is your radiant inner wisdom. And Mm. that is our guidance system. And it is present moment. And so when you learn to allow yourself to sit and rest with that, you realize that the answers to life, the universe and everything is not pre-rehearsed. It's not something that is intellectually Mm. coming out from you. It is arising from within in that moment. And it is fresh and you in that moment responding Mm. to that moment. And that's all we have. We don't have to worry about what the future is going to look like because the future is made up of present moment wisdom. So all we have to do is be here now. Look, Ma, no hands. I did not (laughs) write 60 pages of notes. I'm not reading off a script. I am allowing the fact that there are pauses. I'm allowing for the fact that there might be ums and ahs. I'm allowing whatever to arise to arise because I know that what will arise in this moment is the best for this moment. And Mm. something else will arise in the next moment and I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. So that's what I have to maybe leave with you. And I do have amongst my little toolkit a three tiny tools for manifesting in midlife, which in that little bundle is a a short meditation practice, mm. which, which I call a true self meditation. And it's a little guided visualization that will help you to set down in little bundles, the past, the labels of self and the worries about the future to help you 
find that present moment mm. space where your wisdom will uh, arise without being forced. It just it's it's there. It's waiting for you to tap into it. Yeah, Love thank that. you so much, Pia. We so Pleasure. appreciate you being here today. You've thank like. You not only given us a history lesson <laughs> because I've really <laughs> learned a whole lot about yeah. the origin of crone and our yeah. inner goddess as our divine selves. Yeah. I've just feel like I've just absorbed your wisdom as well about how Thank to you. lean into the now and really follow that intuition and embrace it. So thank you very much for being here today. We really appreciate having you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Shelby and Trinity, and all my lovely midlife listeners out yes. there. Yes. Take care. Peace and light Thank to you. all of you. That was an incredible conversation. Pia, you have enlightened me and Trinity in so many ways. Uh, here are a couple of takeaways that I have. Number one, the word crone or hag these are terms that once referred to a revered elder female. Over time, though, society has shifted the meaning of these terms to one of derision, and this societal definition is ingrained in us over time. Again, I reflect back to those old Disney movies and think of that evil hag and the fairy tale Snow White. So let's take a new view of the word crone or hag and really use it to stand in our power. Number two, just like our body is designed to heal an outer wound, our psyche is designed to be resilient. Girl, we can heal. We can heal our own minds. God, so powerful. Three, sometimes we just have to learn to forgive ourselves and others. Four, our true guidance lies in our heart and gut. It's our inner intuition that we need to learn to tune into and allow it to guide us. Too often, we just, we as women, ignore our own intuition. Listen, be still, and listen. Five, contrary to Descartes' statement, I think, therefore I am, Pia believes I am, just I am. It's not the thinking, so to speak, that gives us life and existence. It's simply the knowing that we are enough. Girl, you are enough. And if you were inspired by this show today, please, we ask you just Take a moment and leave us a review. It means so much to us to hear from you. And share an episode with a friend. We really want to expand our reach and we need your help to do it. Thank you so much for your time and constant love and support of us in our endeavors to raise, you know, women in midlife to a higher level. We love to stand strong together as a community and love your ongoing support. And we can't wait to meet you right back here next week in the middle.